0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay.
0: Rachel, I'm on Vans right
1: now. How do you wait, like day one? Mm-hmm. How do you feel?
0: This fucking superhero.
1: Like very focused? I'm the man. What all have you accomplished today?
0: Lots. <laughs> I got my tire fixed. I
1: oh I already I worked know. out. Yeah, you're
0: crossing uh, things off the list. Nah, I yeah, I, I get it. I'm <laughs> the man. I, I I'm the man. And you Did know you what's funny? Any? Huh? What'd you say? Did you bring any? Did you bring any vibe? No, you can't have my shit. See, you're trying to get me in trouble. That's what they were afraid of. <laughs> they were afraid I was to become one of the world's foremost Vivance dealers. You know, and by the way, I'm not advocating for anyone because I don't just shut the fuck up, guys. I'm not advocating for anyone to take anything and you know, oh Vance pushing
1: big form. I mean, man. I'm the one who asked, so it'll nah. probably get on me. Um but We're joking.
2: Yeah, it's uh but there's a difference.
1: In a good way. For me? Yeah. Do you feel, like so this is life-changing for you? I don't know that it's life-changing. I can't well, tell. Today it is.
2: I can't tell
0: whether or not it's because I've expected to be more focused and stuff as you as he
1: got distracted reading his phone
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's, i'm not sure super if,
3: focused
0: i'm not sure if it's it's because i'm not sure if it's a placebo thing or if
2: it's like a
1: let me ask you perfect. this how long have you been um, trying to get your tire fixed it just
2: happened it just happened oh it
1: shit It's not sick deal <laughs> okay i'm thinking this was
0: something but i had a very but i had a very productive morning woke up early Take Bozeman out. Come back, rather than sit around and bullshit. Go get the tire fixed. Go straight from getting the tire fixed to the gym. Hour and a half cardio. Leave the gym. Oh, wow. Go back to get. The, to go back to pick the tire fix thing come up on now. Go home. Come here. Get here on time.
1: Yeah, before on time. Mm-hmm. Um, your biggest fear was losing your creativity. Do you, how, how do you feel about that? Who
0: knows? A lot of people have been saying, you know, you're not that creative. Fuck you. But
2: <laughs> You got some harsh friends. I, I do. <laughs> but like what I'll tell you, all right, in the overall scheme of things, what I'll tell you is
0: that I'm feeling a little bit better.
1: I'm happy for that. I know you. are. I'm happy for that, especially on a shitty day like today uh
0: what's so shitty about
1: today i i don't do well in the rain i i am really i don't do well in overcast weather i don't deal well with the rain the cold i can handle because i lived in wisconsin for years i it truly affects my mood i mean Mm. look at what i'm wearing i'm like in half pajama furry pjs i'm wearing christmas socks i'm just off today
2: christmas socks What the hell are you doing? Putting your foot on the desk. Well,
3: like you
1: wanted that? to see what the Christmas socks look yeah. Who like. Who
0: are all uh, the Christmas socks? Who that's a
1: gingerbread that? man. Come on.
0: Oh, now. I, I do see him. I feel sorry for your gingerbread man in many different ways
1: because he gets eaten. Yeah. Because and, and oh, like limb by limb, and yeah, people find take pleasure in that. It's so
0: weird that yeah.
2: we, you know, we we do this thing to where we we make the gingerbread man like a pal, but we don't really fuck with him.
1: Do we do that? Is that in our culture?
0: I mean, have you ever made a gingerbread
1: house with white people? I've never done it with black people. Question, question for the
0: black people: Is gingerbread houses a thing for us? Do we fuck with that? I don't know. I've never, I've never, I've never. But I've seen the gingerbread man before. (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't even grow up making gingerbread cookies. See, I would think that y'all would do that type of shit. Y'all look like some gingerbread-making-ass niggas. I'm not going to lie. Why do you say that? Just because y'all...
1: Why do you say... Y'all just because are, y'all what? Y'all, y'all are what?
0: wholesome in that way. <laughs> Why is well, it we so... we
1: did other things.
0: What what were some of the wholesome things that the Lindsay clan did in the holidays? You sweaters? You guys ever wear we sweaters? didn't
1: do sweaters. Oh. We did... We, you know, we hung up the stockings with mm-hmm. their names on it. We decorate the Christmas tree together. Sometimes I played the piano. Mm-hmm. Christmas carols... <laughs>
0: Wait, piano, Christmas, (laughs) I'm saying, okay, see, see
1: what I'm saying? No, I know,
0: that's false. See, so you guys had a piano in your house. Yeah. That's rich as fuck.
1: No, it's not rich. Either
0: you rich or you somebody. You know, I grew up playing the piano from like five to. Either you're rich to have a piano or your grandmother had the piano from like 1954. It's either one. I've never known anyone, anyone in life that had a piano in their crib. Not one person. Not one person have I ever known had a piano in their crib. You sit down at the piano and you play the piano. You guys got all together and you play the piano and you sing tunes and family stuff together. That's what you do. That would happen. Yeah. What songs would you guys sing?
1: I mean, like, only ones I could play. I mean, I was a kid.
0: Like what songs? What you know, song like
1: Jingle Bells. Yeah. Um, so
0: not exactly a prodigy on the piano.
1: Actually, I was in classical music. Interesting. I was, re- I was playing really big pieces uh um, oh, pause.
2: Up until ten. Uh, um. What? <laughs> whoa.
0: So I like. What? No.
1: <laughs> I told you I'm off today. Whoa. Don't do that. Okay, no, now. that came later. Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um,
0: uh. No. I could imagine the judge being like the guy from Whiplash. You ever see that
1: movie? <laughs> no, no, I haven't.
0: You ever see? It? Like, no. I could be like the judge. Like, he made you play the piano, huh? He did.
1: <laughs> Vegas. I don't know. I mean, I was a middle child, right? So my older sister was playing it. So naturally it was, I was going to play it and my older sister got out of it. And my parents were like, absolutely not. You were not quitting the piano. So I played from five to 18 and I was really, really good. Really good. good 10 and 11, Mm -hmm. like classical music, sonatas, all that kind of stuff. And then I got into sports. I mean, I was already doing summer track, but I got into sports. We, got, we took piano off in the summer. And so I, I fell off. But I played for Sunday school all the way until I graduated high school.
0: Sunday school all the way you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were at the NAACP Awards this weekend. Yeah. We were there.
2: Me, you, Kalika, Brian.
3: Mm-hmm. We all went. And I had a great time. The whole time? Do we get into the story? No, we don't.
0: But like I said, this is the important thing to remember. I love Black people. I do too. Love them. Love Black people. So being there, we saw Jonathan that night. We were able to talk to him. Right. We saw, I saw, shout out to everyone I ran into. Get your dings ready. Vanessa Bell Calloway, Wendell Pierce, Malcolm Lee, my brothers from Earn Your Leisure Podcast, which is a podcast you guys should be listening to. Uh Carrie Twig. Um, Ryan Coogler, Ryan Kugler. Shout out to Coogs. ran the Coogs talked to him a little bit that night. Uh just so many different people.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So many different people I had the chance to to stand out there and talk to because we were standing
2: sort of outside the inside of the thing, you know? We weren't standing out. We were okay. in the NAACP. Yes,
1: we okay. were in the lobby. We were waiting for the bar to open. And then we realized, man, you keep running into people. This is yeah, racist. Great great it was a spot. Yeah. You could say we created the spot. I don't you know if say, I would say
0: that. You would say that. I wouldn't say
1: that. I will say you that. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> we created the spot. And then
0: it, it became a thing where everybody's out there chilling around. We never actually went and got sat down inside. Yeah. Of the NAACP awards right. to watch, um, and just being at an award show like that with so many amazing people, uh, and I don't want to live out Jamel. I saw Jamel there too. My oh, sister, yeah. right now.
2: Um,
0: Tiffany Cross, everyone. Uh, <clears throat> being there with so many amazing people it reminds you
2: how much you love black people,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and sometimes you love black people so much that you're okay with being treated poorly by them. I don't know what you talking about. And that's an important thing to say.
1: <laughs> you know, I heard it was not a black person who was over the whole thing.
2: Was not Who was it? Grant Cardone?
0: <laughs> no. Man, everybody sure mad at that mad. nigga, so I was figuring, <laughs> like, why not just throw him under the bus? Why? Because he said something. You know, do you know who Grant Cardone is? You know who that is? The motivational speaker? I never knew who that was. Apparently, he said something like, when he talks to white people, he talks regular. And then when he talks to niggas, it's, he talks different. He talks street vernacular. So said, I'm not a mad. big
1: fan. Brian is really into motivational speakers. Yeah, so man. I learned I who tell. he was first through Brian. Mm-hmm. And then I did his wife's podcast, but she pissed me off mm-hmm. because I was I asked her, I was like, I'm going to say to you my wedding date, which was private. And I said, but you, she was, I said, bleep my mouth out. Cause I was like trying to, you know, she's building up her podcast. I was like trying to do a thing. And I was like, oh, but bleep it out. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, thank you so much. Blah, 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 blah. Like I went to her, their penthouse, all this stuff. We live in Miami. That's where they live. Podcast comes out. bam, Exclusive. Cause I had a deal with People Magazine. Mm -hmm. She gives all the information in the podcast. And then it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll take it down. It's too late. Too late. It's too late,
0: like, Mrs. Cardona. So
1: I gotta, I gotta sing. So you don't like them? Mm-mm.
0: They did that to you because you're black, and they treat you like a street. name. Well, nigga.
1: apparently, based off what you just said.
0: Well, so I don't, I don't even know people were mad at him about it, but I don't know. I do so look, we we all went to the NAACP awards. It was in um, Saint John and somebody else who we saw. Shout out to Boss. Uh we went there. My friend Cameron Fife. I'm sorry. I don't like leaving people out. Um, So we go to the the awards. Frigid, frigid.
1: We saw our breath.
2: LA is on some different shit. I don't like it.
3: Hmm.
0: They're not used to it. You come from, we come from, we come from temperate climates.
1: Yeah. I've done this before. I didn't move out here for this. Yeah, it's tough. And it's been going on too long.
0: And then this was really the most terrible thing that happened for the entire night. I'll tell you guys. So we went to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse after, and it was great. We're all dressed up. The people at Ruth's Chris thought that we dressed up there <laughs> to come to Ruth's Chris. I'm sorry, Ruth's Chris Pasadena, but we had somewhere to go before.
2: So we all ate together. We're having a fun time. We're talking. And I order cheesecake. I order all the different stuff that we get to go. Because we're gonna. what we're going to do is we're going to go
0: I'm going to eat the cheesecake when I get home.
3: hmm hmm
0: You get two different
2: bags because you guys have some stuff.
0: You have some stuff.
2: I get home looking through the bag. Kalika's looking through the bag. No motherfucking cheesecake. <laughs> so stupid. You got my fucking cheesecake and I got oh fucking lamb
0: chop and a half that you had left over in there. <laughs> I ate the lamb chops by
1: the way. I'm glad you I ate were able, so able to enjoy it. something because that cheesecake went home with the wrong folks. Y'all didn't eat it? It just sat there. You still there? It's still on the counter.
0: I'm a, it's on the counter?
1: We never even put it. Y'all Ryan, didn't put my motherfucking cheesecake <laughs> in the refrigerator? What the opened, type of people? <laughs> oh my God. Brian oh. opened it and he goes, oh man, we got their cheesecake. It was the next day, and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalika texted me last night and said that we got the wrong bag, and I just like.
0: Do you know I was still banking on getting my cheesecake back? Why would not y'all you, take the fucking cheesecake? You didn't hit me up and, and say, Rachel, bring the cheesecake today. No, but I wouldn't have wanted it now. It's gonna look like a fucking impotent piece of melted. No, but you say
1: if you thought I was gonna bring it for you, you didn't even say put preserve it for me, Rachel. Bring it today.
0: Did you and Kalika talk about the cheesecake?
1: She just said, we got your cheesecake. And I was like, yeah, girl.
0: At that point, why wouldn't you take the cheesecake and put it in the refrigerator, knowing that it's mine now?
1: I just figured it was a lost cause at that I, point. You what I'm saying? <laughs> I just figured it's, it's done. What's that? You weren't meant to have the cheesecake.
0: Well, we we obviously not. We put y'all shit in the refrigerator. <laughs> and then I was like, fucking, it, it's not going down. So I ate it. By the yeah, way, like, thank you. <laughs> you ate my food. <laughs> You're no better. It, it, so- I will say this. We're a little closer now. You know why? Why? Because there was a piece you of ate, lamb chop you
1: ate the lamb ate also. that you had already
0: eaten. <laughs> so I'm standing there. I'm like, I'm looking. I warmed it up. I thought you just didn't get to some of the lamb chops, but you took them. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Damn. This doesn't fit. I'm like, nah, man, it's right. And I just
1: <laughs> we had been COVID tested and everything. You were good. I mean,
0: I've been COVID tested several times. Right.
1: Several different times. would have been nice to know that I needed a COVID test. I used to have a friend who, when people would try to drink after her, she'd be like, I sucked dick. And, Jesus they, would, Christ. and they would be like, never mind.
2: Do you think, do you think that, that is, because everybody sucks dick, right? Like,
0: most women, you'd say.
1: Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Okay. So then you you know, can, not everybody does. You but can yeah.
0: never drink behind anyone.
1: Like, like for, for example. It, it offended enough people for her for when she would do it.
0: It's because of the visual. Sure. Like, as children, and I know people don't like to to talk about this, but we drank after our mothers.
1: Yes, and I'm glad that you just stopped there. That's
0: why I stopped, because people still haven't gotten over that. you <laughs> Like, people still haven't gotten over that. What I'm saying it's like that's not a big deal. You know,
1: you drink alcohol. No, it's the visual, like you said. This is the same friend who used to walk up to somebody and be like, hi, I'm a good time. <laughs> <That's bad.
2: laughs> white, she's a white girl. Oh, she's
1: black. oh for real? <laughs> uh-uh.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, we got um we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but we have to talk about big, big news here regarding some stuff that's gone down uh with the origins of COVID right? People um are discussing new findings about where COVID might have come from. We're going to talk about that and we're going to have a guest, uh, Dr. Peter Hotez. Dr. Peter Hotez is going to give us a little bit more information on this to make sure you guys are in the know about how all of this affects you and the future of finding potentially deadly pathogens uh that could hurt the 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 world population. That's on the other side of this, the big deal of the day. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with shea butter and black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel.
1: Okay.
0: The deodorants came to the house.
1: Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them.
0: Kalika picked one up. Mm -hmm. Specifically, And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm -hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have, it. she went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she,
0: but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. The whole yeah. Thing.
1: No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow.
0: Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Look at you. You're smart. You're stylish. You've just got it going on. And your ride should be no different. The new 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid is the sedan that meets all your needs. With head-turning details like a sleek front-end plus stylish interior and an available 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster and seamless tech integration.
1: Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid.
0: So, the U.S. Energy Department assesses COVID-19 likely resulted from a lab leak.
2: That is a slightly seismic announcement. Just for people who do not remember, the origins of COVID have been
0: hotly debated, Mm -hmm. sometimes along cultural and political lines, with some people believing that COVID uh, occurred naturally, um, jumping from
2: uh, animals in wet markets in China, um, and others believing that uh, a facility
0: in Wuhan was performing what's called gain-of-function research and created a more uh, contagious coronavirus, and it then leaked out and ended up costing millions upon millions of people their lives. Um, Now, two sources said that the Department of Energy assessed in this intelligence report that it had low confidence that the COVID-19 virus accidentally escaped from a lab in Wuhan. Just so you guys know, a low confidence assessment generally means that the information obtained is not reliable enough or is too fragmented to make it a more definitive um, judgment or that there is not enough information available to draw a more robust conclusion. However, when you have that, along with some other assertions made by different sort of uh, organizations, it seems as if that the lab leak theory surrounding COVID-19 is coming into the mainstream uh, in a way that maybe it hasn't before that before to suggest this um, put you on a kook sort of lunatic fringe. Um, There seems to be there in the past, people have have gone out of their way to, to dismiss anyone that had ever even suggested that a lab leak was possible. And this seems, in a way, at least to me, to have um, sort of vindicated some of those people or mainstream this idea.
1: I mean, but it's low confidence. Yeah. So why is that making it seem like it's even more believable when you read the definition of low confidence?
0: Well, <laughs> it's not that it's more or less believable. The origins of COVID is, are, are something that you know it, it takes. And we're going to talk to the doctor about this, but it's would probably take a lot more transparency from China for us to really know. Exactly,
1: which we know that they've destroyed things and...
0: Yeah, Um, but, I mean, when you... So, here's the thing about the Energy Department. Uh, the FBI had made statements before about where they felt like COVID came from.
1: And they said moderate.
0: Right, but they also said lab leak.
1: Right, okay. moderate. Right. And now it's low.
0: The difference between the Energy Department and the FBI is that the injury department, they have staff experts, um, and they oversee labs, um, and it's their low confidence reporting is taken with, it's more serious for a lot of people than what the FBI would have said or organizations like that because they have a little bit more expertise, um, in this area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people that have come to other, uh, other conclusions, it's based, you know, particularly on, uh, uh, intelligence in this one it seems as if because they have an understanding of how things work inside of labs because they staff labs uh because they know kind of what's going on that maybe they have um more capability to make an assessment um that has some sort of credibility to it uh now this does not mean that in any way in any way this is a slam dunk we should say this right uh the white house um talked a little bit about this And this is what they said. Donnie, play what the White House guy said. Uh,
3: There is not a consensus right now in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. That work is still ongoing. But the president believes it's really important that we continue that work and that we find out as best we can how it started so that we can better prevent a future pandemic. I mean, it's in that's the, the idea here is to get ahead of it so that You know, should there be another one or should there even be the signs of another one? We can better get
1: ahead of it.
0: Um, So there seems to be no certainty, according to the White House. It's in
2: no way a smoking gun. But, you know, if I was a lab leak theory person, I would feel, I mean, just to be honest with you guys,
0: (laughs) this is the issue. First of all, let me finish my statement. If I was a lab leak theory person, I would actually be celebrating today because, hey, uh, 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 the energy department says that I'm not crazy.
1: Can I just say some one thing before you get all into it? Sure. Is, is there a difference between, oh, this accidentally leaked, or are you just looking at this as the fact that it was gain of function and this is something that they were working on it should never been happening, period? Because there's also people who think that they were trying to create some type of weapon to weaponize this and leak it out purposefully. So I guess my thing is we keep saying accidentally mm-hmm. versus it purposefully leaking.
0: Right. Well, gain-of-function, gain-of-function experiments as I understand them, and the doctor will be on in a second, uh, these are research experiments that are done. Right. And sometimes in researching a particular uh, virus, pathogen, whatever, um, it gets stronger. Because you fuck with it. You fuck with it to see why it's doing this, why it's doing that. You might combine it. There was a story I'm going to ask them about down in Boston with uh, them trying to understand the, the 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 COVID pandemic that we're in right now and, and SARS-CoV-2. And in doing this, they reportedly created something called Omicron S, which was uh, much more lethal than... Um, the strains of COVID that we have seen. And the reason why they were doing that, the reason why they did that is trying to understand uh, COVID in and of itself and how it changed um, throughout throughout its its lifespan and how it mutated. So just because there was gain-of-function research happening Mm -hmm. potentially in Wuhan or anywhere else doesn't mean that they were purposely trying to make a weapon. It means what could have happened is that this could still be an accident but it can be an accident that happened on purpose. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Purpose, because
0: they were working. Because they were working on the virus, right?
1: I get that, what you're saying. But is the goal of gain of function to be able to better understand the virus like it's a is it it's a positive thing well gain of function gain
0: of function research research. gain of function research is used in all different types right so you you they they use this in cancer research they use this in all types of yeah yes
1: so i guess i understand what you mean by purposeful like an a purposeful accident i get that but is it if the purpose is for research well this is what i mean because i felt like and, I, and the only reason I'm asking this, and, mm-hmm. and then please continue. Sorry, not to, to interrupt you. Is Republicans jumping on this right? Like, oh, it's a lab leak. It's a lab leak. I felt like their intention was that they that they did this to us on purpose, okay, and not accidental. That's I guess where I'm coming from. Right. So
0: there are two different schools of thought there, and we should talk about that. Yes. One school of thought on that side of things is that this was some sort of um, bio attack, or not just the United States but the rest of the world to cripple economies in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And you have a fringe of the right, not just the right, but you have a, a group of people out there on the left and the right, to be honest with you, that believe that that was the case, right? And then there's a different sort of group of people that say that this was a lab leak and that China has been less than cooperative in trying to ascertain where COVID came from because they know that it came from a lab in Wuhan And they don't want to have to answer to the world community about the fact that this was man-made or modified in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either one of those really don't don't make that much of a difference Mm -hmm. because I don't have very much faith in the average political consumer now to be able to differentiate the two, whether or not it was an intentional bio-attack. Sure or whether or not it was something that was purposely made in a lab and then got out, uh, people are going to say, well, at that level, when there's a million people dead, if it was purposely done, it doesn't matter.
3: Mm -hmm. Now,
0: we also have to remember that part of this is cultural and political because of what happened during the time uh, that Donald Trump was president. During the time that Donald Trump was president, they cast China in a very clearly... uh, villainous role in terms of COVID. Crap. And there were widespread consequences for that um, in the Asian population all over the world, mm-hmm. particularly here in America. And we saw spikes of violence against people mm-hmm. who don't know nothing about no motherfucking Wuhan and have nothing to do with this, any of that stuff. Right. So part of throwing cold water on the lab leak theory was to make sure that there wasn't some sort of of, uh, of, of 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 uh culpability put on China that would then, in my opinion, that would then spill over to uh Asian Americans.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: The question is now, and this is the frustrating part about being an American citizen now for me, and I'll ask you. Don't you want to know where COVID came from no matter
0: if the answer to the question is convenient or inconvenient to your political beliefs. Like the fact that we can't, that we don't have people that are serious enough to actually ask and interrogate this question, regardless of political or cultural motivation, something that's killed this many people, that it's this important to study, is chilling to me.
1: You don't think that people are, because I thought the issue was It's not that people aren't asking the question. It's that they really need help from the Chinese in order to fully understand what happened in Wuhan. And it's my understanding that they've gotten rid of evidence, documents, and even haven't provided access to the very first people who were infected. Mm -hmm. So I I felt like it's not a matter of they're not asking those questions. They've kind of hit a standstill because they can only go so far. I could be wrong, but that's just my understanding of it.
0: I'm talking about specifically when it comes to I mean, what we're able to get from the Chinese, it's they're not actually it's not bastions of of free speech, expression, and investigation. You're never gonna get the Chinese, in my opinion, to participate in in, in something that
2: um that honestly interrogates where Kobe came from. I don't think it's sure. gonna happen. But as far as us. What this does to me is it's going to separate the people who
0: are honestly trying to figure out where this, how, where, and how this pandemic started. Okay, when I say where, I know we know whereabouts working, but I'm talking about whether a lab or in a wet market. Okay, which are the two places that people are saying um, from the people that are trying to uh, weaponize this um, and use it as a dart to either shoot it the Chinese or to shoot at whomever doesn't agree with whatever world order uh, they're propping up because now it seems at least um, and maybe not, maybe everything isn't equal, but it seems both of these ideas, both a natural occurrence Mm -hmm. and a lab leak are worth discussing. Absolutely. In a way that for a lot of people, because of this report, in a way that maybe they weren't before.
1: Hmm. I mean, I I totally understand that because I think we all should be curious and we should all want to know, especially if it's likely that another virus could happen in the future. You want to know for the future of being able to defend ourselves or prepare for another health crisis. We don't want to see this happen like this again. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, we should want to know. I just don't think we ever are with this particular Virus, hmm. COVID nineteen. I am not hopeful that we will because the first thing that you said when we started talking about this, it's been politicized at this point. Mm-hmm. We are so I don't think we will ever get down to the bottom of it. I'm not just going to blame it on the fact that we're we are hitting a standstill in regards to getting certain information from China. I think it's because we are also our own worst enemy in the way that we have politicized how this started.
0: Sure. So, um, Tom Cotton. Is one of the guys who was very early on the lab leak theory,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I don't know if this was because Tom Cotton had any specific uh, information about this, or whether or not it was because you know um, he wanted to fuck
2: somebody. Now, this is the headline from being talking about what happened here. All right. We're not Tom Cotton fans, but this is the headline.
0: This is the headline from the New York Times. February 17th, 2020.
2: Now, I am not saying... 2020? 2020. I'm not saying that we had nearabouts enough information at this point to really know where this thing came from.
3: Okay.
2: But the headline is this. Senator Tom Cotton repeats... Fringe Theory of
0: Coronavirus Origins. Scientists have dismissed suggestions that the Chinese government was behind the outbreak. Once again, the words are very important here. Uh, But it's the kind of tale that gains traction among those who see China as a threat. It's very important, the wording there, to say that the Chinese government is behind the outbreak is wholly different than talking about the potential of a lab leak
3: mm-hmm.
0: being responsible for the, the pandemic in and of itself. Even in his response to this, this was what Tom Cotton said. Yes, he's some people are spiking the football for him. He said, what matters, uh, being proven right doesn't matter, is what he tweeted. What matters is holding the Chinese Communist Party accountable so that this doesn't happen again that already is assigning blame mm-hmm. to the chinese communist party to the chinese government i'm not making any i'm not defending china in any way no yeah. i'm not in any way i'm saying that that is not agnostic from the type of politically charged speech that we really need in order to get answers here
3: mm-hmm.
0: the politicians that i would want would say, "Hey, being proved right doesn't matter. What matters is that we find out where COVID came from, right. how COVID occurred, yes. and what we need to do to be prepared, ready to save lives in the event of a really incredible mutation or another sort of COVID, uh, another sort of outbreak of COVID. Fuck whatever you want to who, who you want to point the, the the finger at. That's only for you to politically masturbate for your people to." And I just don't know that we have politicians or, or public servants there serious to do this enough to do this, and I, that's on the other side too, because when I say it's on the other side, I mean because we need people serious enough to really interrogate whether or not this was a lab leak
1: what are you what would you say is the suggestion to do how how Because you're saying it's on both sides, mm-hmm. so what are they not doing? They're not doing science,
0: they're doing politics. And politics is bad for science. Politics is bias. It's tribalism. It's my that. team versus your team. I get the that. The scientific method is about controls, hypotheses. It's about finding out, getting to the center of a problem. And they're not, neither side is doing Well, there are, there are people that are doing that. Okay. But I'm talking about the public services that we have entrusted in order to, to kind of make these decisions they're trying to figure out who to blame. And that's not what we should be doing.
1: Who is the, who is the organization science mm-hmm. that is in charge of doing that? Because you're saying that they're trying to place blame. Which organization is doing that?
0: What do you mean? Which organization is... Uh, which
1: site? Because you said they're not doing the science, right? Are you talking right. about the politicians? Or are you talking about these actual... Like, is it... I, I honestly don't know. Is it NIH? Is so, it who? This is what they, I mean. This is what I mean. Who is not doing This is what
0: I mean. It. There are definitely people that are doing the science. There are people that are trying to find out where COVID came from. Okay. What I'm talking about is... Maybe I should say it that differently. That's actually a good point. What I should say is
2: the people that are speaking about this aren't giving the science... Agreed. Agreed it's opportunity Agreed.
0: to tell its truth. Yes. They want to make sure that whatever they thought is, 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 uh, is
1: reinforced. And isn't that what the society we're living in now? I mean, no, we're but what I'm saying is, this is very important. Yeah. But I mean, we, we debate vaccines now, you know, we question these, we question CDC, who NIH, like that's. I
0: mean, but look, it, there's a difference between questioning a vaccine. It's a difference between asking questions about when you go to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Like I went to the doctor to have the abscess removed. Mm -hmm. I asked a million questions, Mm -hmm. like a million questions. People talk about doing their own research, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, doing research about how something that you might ingest,
2: take, about a treatment about how it's going to affect you. Right. But if you're going to make the assertion that your research in some way supersedes decades, sometimes hundreds of years of scientific discovery and breakthrough, then you
0: better be fucking qualified to have that discussion. I agree. And that's sort of kind of what we're missing here. Exactly. Um, now, there's a guy I want to hear from uh, right now. We're going to talk about gain-of-function. Um, his name is Francis Collins. He's a science advisor to the president. He went on Lex Friedman's podcast.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. And he talked a little bit about gain-of-function, what it means, uh, what these experiments entail. Um, and before we bring on the doctor, we're going to hear a little bit from him. He is the, 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 the director of of the NIH, the NIH is National Institutes of Health, which some people are actually blaming.
4: <laughs> Donnie, go ahead and play Best the clip. Let's play. <laughs> the more you know about the coming enemy, the better chance you have to recognize when trouble is starting. And so if you can do it safely, uh, studying influenza or coronaviruses like SARS, MERS, and SARS-CoV-2, uh, would be a good thing to be able to know about, but you have to be able to do it safely because we all know lab accidents can happen. And I mean, look at SARS where there have been lab accidents and people who have gotten sick as a result. We don't want to take that chance unless there's a compelling scientific reason. That's why we have this very stringent oversight. The experiments being done at the Wuhan Institute of Virology as a sub-award to our grant to EcoHealth in New York, did not meet that standard of requiring that kind of stringent oversight. I want to be really clear about that because there's been so much thrown around about it. Was it gain of function? Well, in the standard use of that term that you would use in science in general, you might say it was. But in the use of that term that applies to this very specific example of a potential pandemic pathogen. Absolutely not. So he claims
0: that it wasn't even true gain of function research that was going on in Wuhan. Mm-hmm.
2: That it's only partly gain of function research that was going on in Wuhan. And what was, and
3: what was the other half? No, it, it's it's just
0: weird that sometimes you can't get a fucking straight answer.
1: <laughs> Well, isn't that just them saying that they really don't know? Um I don't think they know they really know definitively what was going on.
0: This guy's an LSU fan.
1: That has nothing to do with it.
0: I'm looking at it right now. He loves LSU.
1: Well, maybe that's the problem. Whatever.
0: We're gonna look, we're we're doing our best. This is very heady stuff, and we're gonna bring on uh Dr. Peter Hotez right now. We're gonna ask him all the tough questions about uh, were the lab leakers treated unfairly the lab leakers the uh, the la leakers uh the lab leakers were they treated unfairly um the possibility that this was actually a lab leak the possibility that this is uh being overblown um what gain of function research actually is what that means
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, is it safe uh and we hope to have a better understanding at the end of this conversation so this episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea Butter and Black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. The deodorants came to the house.
1: Yes, me too.
0: You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up mm-hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even Underarm tone, mm-hmm. and she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant off for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she,
0: but but like, so that's a it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good to it smell good. The whole yeah, day.
1: no, 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 it is good, and it lasts long. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, and in addition, to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48-hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow.
0: Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Look at you. You're smart, you're stylish. You've just got it going on and your ride should be no different. The new 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid is the sedan that meets all your needs. With head-turning details like a sleek front-end plus stylish interior and an available 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster and seamless tech integration.
1: Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid.
0: Okay, so to help us make a little bit more sense out of what's going on in the news right now as it regards, as it uh, sort of To help us make a little bit more sense uh, as far as what's going in the news right now uh, in regards to the origins of COVID and speculation on that, we have brought in someone who is much more qualified than us to talk about this. Professor Peter Hotes. He is a vaccine scientist, a pediatrician, and an advocate in the field of global health and vaccinology. He's the dean, he's a learned man, of the National School of Tropical Medicine, At Baylor College of Medicine and the co director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development. Doctor, thank you for joining us. My first question is uh, Americans right now do not know what to believe as far as the origins of COVID are concerned. This is a highly um, culturally divisive and politicized issue. The recent report um, that says the Energy Department says that it's likely that it comes from a lab in Wuhan has scared the hell out of a lot of people. When you first saw that
5: report, what did you think? Um, I, it didn't make sense to me. And and here's why. Um, remember, COVID-19 is not our first rodeo when it comes to coronaviruses, right? We had severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS in 2002, that arose out of a wet, wet market in, in southern China. And then we had Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome that emerged on the Arabian Peninsula in 2012. Those are two very serious coronavirus infections, very high levels of mortality, even higher mortality than COVID 19. So COVID 19 is the third. And we now know from two back to back published papers in Science Magazine, which is one of our most prestigious scientific journals, that the first cluster of cases of COVID 19 all occurred in a wet market in Wuhan, um, which is similar to how SARS emerged. So the point is that this is a virus that lives among bats um, and bat, and and from time to time, these viruses from bats either jump to humans directly or they go through a second intermediate animal, including the animals, unfortunately, which they keep in the wet markets in, in China, which they were supposed to shut down, but they didn't. So uh, most likely this virus came out of a uh, one of them one of the small mammals that they keep in those wet markets in Wuhan, uh, like a raccoon dog or a civet cat, these very exotic animals that that they sell in those wet markets and that 's where the cluster of cases is uh, was first identified. If this was a lab leak, the major closest institute that works on coronaviruses or works on high containment pathogens is in Wuhan. But it's about 10 kilometers away on the other side of the river. So that if it was a lab leak, I would have expected that this virus would have popped up in multiple places across the city of Wuhan and in central China. It would not be clustered among the wet market, which is 10 kilometers away. And you'd expect it to be uh, all over in in between. And so that's why it doesn't make sense to me to call this um, a, a lab leak. I, I I just haven't seen any evidence at all. And people say, well, there's a high containment lab in, in Wuhan. Well, there's high containment labs in every major city in China. I mean, they all they all were created after um, SARS in 2002, and so they're they're in Kunming, they're in Beijing, they're in Shanghai. So pretty much any place that COVID-19 would have emerged, people would have identified an institute. So the bo- so the bottom line is um, there's a lot of evidence suggesting the virus emerged out of a wet market from a, a mammal intermediate host. And I don't see any evidence that it emerged from a lab leak. I mean, no evidence at all. I mean, there is um, the fact that there is a high containment lab somewhere in a different part of Wuhan, but, but that's all that's really going for it. And so-
0: Go ahead, go ahead. What about reports that came out in 2021 um, that there were members of uh, the lab, there was lab staff in the lab at Wuhan that actually had gotten sick. Did you see that- um, that's almost a, a year and a half old now. It was reported while in the Wall Street Journal, Reuters, or Reuters or
5: a couple that, other people. That's right. So in the fall of, of 2019, uh, I think it was reported by the South China Morning Post, although I'm not sure, that there were a, a few uh, workers at the Wuhan Institute who reported um, that they felt sick or had febrile illnesses but you know what? That's also flu season. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different things that could be. There was no evidence that that it was uh, COVID nineteen. The only first bona fide COVID nineteen cases were all clustered in in, in that wet market, and hmm. and so that's why I you know I just don't see any there there for the for the lab leak. You know the and the energy. So the Biden administration has been sharing this. Um, classified information with the intelligence committee and they asked for the opinions of the energy lab scientists and there's some good scientists at the energy lab like and they include los alamos laboratory and um, and lawrence livermore laboratory but but there's not concurrence and my understanding is most of the intelligence laboratory most of the intelligence uh, agencies agree with the science magazine papers that it occurred out of natural origins uh, uh, out of the out of the wet market, the uh, energy lab uh, conclusion that it it could have been due to a lab leak. First of all, they say with low confidence. Apparently, that's some kind of intelligence speak that I don't quite understand. um well, Number one, number two, it's they're not the prevailing view; they're in the minority opinion at this point. So now it could be that the energy labs have access to classified information that that might have have them come to a different conclusion from what's publicly available. Uh, and I suppose that's a possibility. But from the publicly available information, I, I don't see any evidence of, of a lab leak.
1: We do have these two competing theories out of, of how, of, of the origins of COVID-19. Can you speak to why it's so important for us to know how this virus originated?
5: Well, there's actually three Competing theories, and they may not be mutually exclusive, so one was that the virus was deliberately um, created through what's called gain of function research by manipulating the genetic material of the virus in the laboratory. The other is that um, the virus was kept in the lab and then it was it was leaked, and then the third is the the natural origins um, coming from bats to people or bats through a second intermediate animal host um my my reason I I feel strongly that it's most likely a laboratory, that its natural origins is the whole reason we started working on coronavirus vaccines in the first place. We've been working on coronavirus vaccines for for 12 years and we started it because we saw the virus emerge and and. and In southern China in 2002, creating SARS, and then MERS in 2012, and we said, you know what? It's just a matter of time before there's a third major coronavirus pandemic. And sure enough, right on cue, it happened. And the fact that we were working on the coronavirus vaccines for 12 years allowed us to identify the spike protein as the target of the virus, how you deliver the spike protein, and we were able to pivot that program around when COVID-19 emerged, when the sequence came online in Bioarchive, and in January of 2020, and we made a COVID vaccine technology, a low-cost patent-free COVID vaccine technology that we uh, gave to, uh, we licensed to um, India and Indonesia, and they've, so with uh, with no patent, and they've now administered 100 million doses of our, our vaccine technology. So we provide a proof of concept. You don't have to be a big pharma company to still do, Uh, important things. But the whole point is the reason we were were able to hit the ground running is we'd been working on coronavirus vaccines for 12 years because we knew there was going to be a third one. And by the way, the bad news is there's going to be a fourth one. Um, These viruses are jumping from bats to people or through second intermediate animal hosts every day. And some say thousands of times a day. And it's just a matter of time before one Gains critical mass or catches fire. So, if you look at the timing schedule—2002, 2012, 2019—roughly every seven years, every seven years, Mother Nature hurls a new coronavirus pandemic at us. So, I would expect 2026, 2027, we'll get a fourth one, and and that's why we have to get ready. And and I worry that all of this lab leak stuff and gain-of-function conspiracy stuff is a distraction. Because the fourth one's coming and and we're still not preparing for that next pandemic.
0: Okay, two questions from me, and you can take these in order. Number one, can you describe to people what gain-of-function experiments are? And the question is, if you're predicting another pandemic along these same lines in a couple of years, do you think that gain-of-function experimentation is necessary to be able to be ready for that uh, that disease or virus in the event that it does pop up in the next three or four
5: years. Well, gain-of-function research is either inserting genes or manipulating genes in order to make the virus uh, more more virulent or better able to attack animals or, or people. And um, there are labs that have been doing genetic manipulations of coronaviruses, not necessarily to make them more virulent, but to understand how these viruses bind to the ACE2 receptor. Can they bind to alternative receptors? So there is a need for fundamental virologic research, um, and but we do have we do have safety protections to to limit that. Now you can argue that maybe we need to improve our uh, laboratory oversight monitoring, and I have no problem with that. You can argue that there's too many laboratories internationally that are um, have high containment. Uh, virus pathogens and we can't keep tabs on it and we need to uh, provide some governance over that. All of that makes sense with the caveat that we don't want to tie one hand behind virologists back so they can't find the next pandemic because there's a lot of surveillance that we need to do in a lot of virologic studies because it's not only just coronavirus, don't forget, there's that thing called avian influenza and mm. pandemic influenza and zoonotic influenza. So, uh, and, and even and before COVID-19, we worried a lot about that. Those issues still haven't gone away. So if we're under threat from a lot of virus pathogens, um, and a lump, number of them come from bats, for instance, Ebola comes from bats, um. COVID-19 came from bats, all the coronaviruses seem to come from bats, Nipah virus comes from bats. And what seems to be happening is as a combination of human migrations and climate change. We're starting to see bat migrations uh, go into new areas. And with aggressive urbanization, people are coming into more closer contact with with bats. So um, bat-derived viruses are going to be a new normal. And we need the virologists on top of this in order to monitor it and, and to look for the emergence of new pathogens. So it's always a balance, right, between regulating practices so people aren't doing anything reckless, at the same time not being so restrictive that we halt virologic research and we can't detect the next pandemic.
0: What would you say is the give and take? There was a story
2: out of Boston um, last year that said that a virologists down there
0: had used gain-of-function research to create a new strain of COVID that was called Omicron S. And the purpose of this research was to um, better understand the virus, better understand, uh, you know, how the virus was um, was transmitting itself. Uh, but in doing this, I guess they created a strain that, was eighty percent more lethal in the transgenic mice that they had. They had used had, had some mice and they had used the mice and there's this whole thing you can read about it. And they take the mice and they use uh, genetic stuff to make the mice uh, their their lung tissue more uh, um, more like a human beings. Hmm. Um, and so they're testing how this virus would affect human beings, but in doing so. They make like a super virus, right? Um, The question I think a lot of people are asking, especially when it comes to uh, gain-of-function research and stuff like that is we want to know, I particularly want to know the trade-off between understanding a virus better so that we can be better equipped for it, right? And creating something that is potentially lethal if it were to escape or if it were to uh, get in the wrong hands, because if we had a strain of COVID right now, that was 80%, obviously that's a existential threat. That's a world ending scenario. So I think a lot of people, when they hear this back and forth, we can't really have conversations about it because the issue has been so politicized. What is the point of making something stronger So that you can study it, like break that down for people. So they understand Mm -hmm. what it is that happens, because what happens is, and just last thing I'll say about that doc, mm -hmm. what, what happens is people start to believe in a boogeyman that's in a lab somewhere, creating a super strong virus, either to weaponize it or for shits and giggles. And they don't understand and Rand Paul gets it. And now now we're all out of the place. What, 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 What's the purpose of doing this? What's the research purpose of of making a virus stronger?
5: Well, I I don't have the details. I think this was out of Boston University, wasn't it? And and I don't have the details of that. My understanding was that it was not done being done deliberately to create, quote, a stronger virus. and, And there was no deliberate plan for, quote, gain of function, but there were genetic manipulations of the virus that they found happened to cause. Uh, higher degrees of um, uh, maybe lethality in, in mice. So that, that could be a possibility, but that might not have been, I don't think the intention of the research to mm. actually do gain of function research. I mean, and this is why this kind of work is done in a specialized biosafety level four facility. So they there's only a few of these in the United States. There's one down here in Galveston, the Galveston National Laboratory. There's one in Boston with, with Boston University. And this is why you do this under very high containment uh, protocols and with years and years of specialty training working in those biosafety level four facilities. So I think it is important to, be able to do this kind of research in order to understand how this virus works, because that's how you design new drugs and vaccines and countermeasures. And unfortunately, we've got some bad actors out there globally um, that are that are attempting to weaponize this. So we learned, for instance, that um, during the closing years of the Soviet Union, they had an elaborate. Um, system of creating bioweapons in the soviet union not only viruses manipulating smallpox but also anthrax which is a bacterial infection and when, and the cia got briefed on this by a defector who came came to the united states and and i think we need to make you know, a lot of efforts to prevent deliberate bioweaponization of pathogens um so So we know this was going on in the USSR. Some say maybe this is going on in in North Korea or Iran or or elsewhere, and that needs to be uh, carefully curtailed. But I think you want to be, it's kind of that um, uh, balance between being able to do important virologic research in order to design these countermeasures with careful governance and oversight, so that nothing reckless gets gets done, and 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 there is no kind of leak out of a biosafety level four facility. But I think the what I'm worried about is the false allegations of gain of function or lab leak, you know, in in China. Uh, assuming that's that's confirmed, means that that wasn't the case could have a chilling effect on sort of halting all, all virologic research and, or a significant curtailing of virologic research. And then we're not in a position to fight the next round of pandemics like coronaviruses and Nipah virus and flu, et cetera.
1: Last question for me really quickly. We talk about, you know, a leak from a lab or accidental leaks. How often does that happen? or Does it even happen at all?
5: I think it does happen um and uh but it's it's uncommon, and it's typically a sort of a self limited uh type type of endeavor that that somebody can get accidentally infected while working in the laboratory but as far as I know there are not examples where this has produced a significant uh, epidemic, and this has been going on for for years and years of, of virologic research. And again, I think you know if if this presents an opportunity for Department of Health and Human Services and, and CDC and 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 NIH to re- review their policies and make some decisions that um, there's some things that need to be sure you know bolstered and strengthened, I, th- I think that's absolutely fine. But I would hate to see that happen because of false assertions around lab leaks leading to COVID-19. And, 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 and again, the emphasis needs to be on really understanding the origins of, of COVID-19, just like we did SARS and MERS. You know, we don't really understand it at, at a deep granular level how COVID-19 emerged. I mean, we know bats were involved. We know a second intermediate animal host was involved, but we've never really done the detailed outbreak investigation that needs to be conducted. By that, I mean, you know, an international team of scientists, which includes includes bat ecologists and virologists and epidemiologists working in central China for a year to collect The viruses from bats and livestock and other intermediate animal hosts to be able to describe at a highly granular level how this virus emerged. And in part, that's because the Chinese have blocked that type of uh, investigation. And the Chinese have not been transparent about the wet markets. I mean, I think this has been a big issue because after SARS in two thousand two, the Chinese were supposed to shut down the wet markets, and clearly that that hasn't happened. But we've never really done that detailed outbreak investigation and and that's what that's where the emphasis needs to be placed and i And I sometimes worry that the gain of function and lab leak stuff becomes a distraction because that's much less likely accounting for for COVID origins than the other things that we're talking about.
0: Last question from me, specifically about <clears throat> the talk about lab leaks, because this is something that, you know, uh, everybody's discussing today and a lot of people are um, afraid of, and it's being used as a political volleyball um, from people who have claimed that they wanted to talk about this in the past, but that they were seen as spreading misinformation or that they were kooks or, uh, that they were crazy conspiracy theorists. Um, and now this, the, this report from the Department of Energy has in some way vindicated them or, uh, brought the conversation of lab leaks into the mainstream because you have a huge part of the government that oversees labs all over the place, um, that's saying with low confidence, um, that this could be a lab leak.
5: Well, 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 remember this is a little bit of revisionist history too, okay. as well. Because remember, you know, I I remember being on. Uh, I was going to be on. I was sort of in the green room virtually with Chuck Todd on, on MSNBC in his okay. afternoon Meet the Press show, and I remember right before I went on, there was Peter Navarro from from the West Wing of the White House claiming that. Um, The Chinese were deliberately sending infected Chinese people on airplanes to the United States to ignite the epidemic, which, you know, was just craziness, right? It was just, that was just total wackadoodle. And, And that's what those of us in the scientific community railed against, that this was, those were just conspiracies. I don't think any of us, you know, Immediately dismissed the lab leak possibility. In fact, I was looking back at what I wrote. You know, uh, early on in the pandemic, I said, "Yeah, it's it's a possibility. I think it's unlikely, but um, but it's a possibility." As the information has accumulated, it's clear that the lab leak is less and less likely. Also, with the gain of function, the the smoking guns that the gain of function people were pointing to turned out not to be the case around specific sequences in the virus. So it's not that, in my view, that they were ever dismissed or ridiculed. It's just that as the what was ridiculed was the was the wackadoodle stuff, and then um, as time went on and the evidence accumulated for natural origins of of COVID-19, but the cluster of cases in, um, in, in the, um, in the wet markets, it became more and more less likely, less probable. This was due due to a lab leak. Hmm.
0: We'll leave it right there, doctor. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank like, you. Like whenever I talk to a man in a lab coat, I feel smarter. <laughs> huh. Okay. Like whenever it doesn't matter. And you got the, the bow tie and the whole situation, doctor, we would love to have you back on to talk about this. I do not think that this topic um is not is going is going away. Uh and I can only hope that the people that are in charge are responsible enough to care about the health and safety of people not just here in America but worldwide and put some of the political and cultural wars to the side mm-hmm. and get to the heart of the issue. But well, it, you know
5: we've learned so much about COVID-19 and and the public health aspects are only one part. I mean, this virus devastated global economies. It, it yeah. created insecurity, um, global insecurity. So there's a lot to talk about. And I uh, appreciated the conversation today and always happy to come back. Thank you, Dr. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Thank you for joining Thank us on Harlem.
6: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
4: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes...
2: Skydabble. Are you
1: a news? Are you you like to read the comics, the newspaper?
0: I used to back in the day.
1: Dad used to. Yeah. I should ask him if he was a Dilbert fan.
0: What does Dilbert do? What is what is, what is does Dilbert? he go to work? Nah, Dilbert's like a Donnie. Do you read Dilbert?
2: No, no but I, I, I know fan. Dilbert been around forever. Yeah, yeah. Donnie, He's like do you an read Dilbert? Guy. Do you
0: know do you know who Dilbert is?
5: I I know who he is, but I don't read Dilbert. I remember there used to be a TV show when I was, uh, I don't know how long it lasted, but I I think I watched a few episodes of that when I was little. I know he's like a cubicle guy. Dilbert
2: is, it was first published on
0: my ninth birthday, April 16th, 1989. It's known for its satirical office humor about a white collar, micromanaged office with engineer Dilbert as the title character. Dozens of books an animated television series, a video game. Wow. Hundreds of themed merchandise.
2: So Scott Adams, who is the the guy who created Dilbert, must be a pretty well-off guy because it seems like Dilbert is a cultural staple if I look at all of this stuff. Well, Scott, who has a history of... Making statements that
0: people find problematic, yeah, is back at it. (laughs) This is what Scott had to say about black people.
7: So if if you know nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group, and I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going. The best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Wherever you have to go, just get away, because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. All right? This can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where you know I have a very low black population. Because, unfortunately, there, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going uh, to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life, and I've been, the only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. That's the only outcome. (laughs) It makes no sense to help Black Americans if you're white. Uh, The the it's over. Don't don't even think it's worth trying.
0: Okay. Say what the poll was. The poll was a Rasmussen poll um, about whether or not it's okay to say it's okay to be white. How the how you feel about this the the phrase
2: it's okay to be white?
1: And more than half Black people said. It's not okay. Yes. And based on that, he deduced that Black people as a whole are a hate group. Yes. An entire race of people are a hate group. Black people advocate and practice hate and hostility and violence towards white people
3: in particular.
2: Right. So apparently (laughs) this is People were asked, uh,
0: it, 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 it was said, uh, it was a Rasmussen poll and said um, 72% of white people agree with the statement it's okay to be white. Um, and 53% of black people uh, agreed with it. So more than the half of, of black people agreed with it. Um, however, he, I guess, um, interpreted the fact that uh, such a large percentage, almost half of black people, don't agree with the statement that it's okay to be
3: white, right.
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and because of that, that constitutes us as a. Yeah,
1: yeah. Basically, he was looking for some type of smoking gun to justify his racism. Um, it's always interesting when white people they can't wait to use something that black people have said to justify their hatred towards Black people, their racism towards Black people, as you just heard in that clip that he did that with Don Lemon. I mean, clearly, Scott Adams, is it Adams? Scott Scott. Adams, I don't know how long he's been racist, but he's a racist and he's a whole hateful person within himself. Uh, Last year, a number of newspapers dropped Dilbert because of his homophobic and racist outbursts with it last year so here he is again um doing that (laughs) i i i don't even really have that much to say Mm. other than clearly this man is a racist he's always been a racist he's looking he was looking for some type of excuse to justify it which he just did with that poll and um yeah okay
0: um so let's first identify the it's okay to be white situation. And this is according to the ADL's website. Um, It says the phrase it's okay to be white is a slogan popularized in late 2017 as a trolling campaign by members of the controversial discussion forum 4chan. The original idea behind the campaign was to choose an ostensibly innocuous and inoffensive slogan, put that slogan on flyers bereft of any other words or imagery, then place the flyers in public locations. Originators assumed that liberals would react neg- negatively to such flyers and condemn them or take them down, thus proving that liberals did not even think it was okay to be white. Whether the original trollers were white right, su- white supremacists or not, not actual white supremacists, uh, be quickly began. Hold on, Donnie, let me take that again. Whether the original trollers were white supremacists or not, actual white supremacists quickly began to promote the campaign, often adding internet links to white supremacist websites to the flyers or combining the phrase with white supremacist language or imagery. This was not a surprise as white supremacists had themselves used the phrase in the past, including on flyers, long before the 4chan 4chan, uh, campaign originated. The original flyer campaign occurred in late 2017 and a similar campaign took place at the same time in 2018 but the use of the phrase has extended far beyond the flyer campaigns that is the entire thing so a couple of things about scott uh scott adams here uh full transparency i reached out to scott adams
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i asked him to come on the podcast
1: Did he respond
0: he did he said that he i watched Scott Adams says on his Twitter that you should watch in full interview that he did with a guy named Hotep Jesus, who some of you guys might be familiar with. He's a very popular uh, conservative black uh, media figure, um, has been doing it for a very long time. I watched the entire interview between uh, Hotep Jesus and Scott Adams. And to be honest with you, it was an interesting watch. Um and there were some things that Hotep Jesus actually raised with Scott Adams that a lot of people who have a notion about him might have been surprised that he actually asked him about.
1: Scott told you to look this
0: up? No, it says it on his Twitter to look it up. And when did he do this interview? He did it after this uh situation so I'm assuming sometime between okay. all of this happening and um and uh now. Okay. So, but it was after all of this he he, he got in trouble and Dilbert's fucking burnt. Dave Dilbert's pretty much burnt. So I watched Dilbert's races too. So I so I watched the entire thing, watched the whole thing, just because I thought it was important um, to be able to consume it enough to make a a, 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 de- a decision on my own. Okay, so I, I reached out to him. He said he's not doing interviews. I told him I said fair enough. The interview did with Hotep Jesus was an interesting watch, but it was a home game. If you're serious about starting a dialogue or having an actual meaningful convo. some of the things you've stirred up it might be time to get a little bit more listen listen to this listen to me get my back uncomfortable if not with (laughs) us with somebody else um so anyway after that uh he responded but it was basically just like uh he whatever whatever it wasn't anything that was like he was going to come on the podcast i'll tell you why i uh wanted to talk to him and still do it's because He's talking about the price that he's paying for free, for free speech. He's like, uh, free, I wanted to show people the price that you pay for free speech.
1: Okay. So he was intentional in what he said, like it was a test? Is that what he said? I, like he doesn't it, mean it? Or he was doing it to see, to prove a point?
0: I don't know. But he said that he wanted, well, in the Hotep Jesus interview, he definitely made it seem like he had stirred this up in a purposeful way to see That's how far he, I agree.
2: I agree. I I think that that's a disingenuous statement. Yes. I, I, but this is what I will say. Um, There's a couple of I'm always interested when people make the free speech argument because
0: uh, it's a, such an easy way to get a casual American on your side. Well, he should be able to say whatever he wants to say. Well, he can't say whatever he wants to say. He can. And the free speech of the people who employed him or the free speech of the hundreds of different papers that had Dilbert in it. They have free speech as well and their free speech is enables them to decide what kind of statements, people, and ideas that they want to stand next to. That's very, very elementary like a right breakdown. We talk about that all the time. But there are some assumptions that I think Scott made uh, that are fascinating to me. So 53% of Black people agreed with the statement it's okay to be white. I think that Scott and people like Scott don't think that we know what things mean,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the majority of Black people agree with the statement, it's okay to be white. So obviously Black people aren't a hate group because 53% say, we don't give a fuck whether or not you're white or not. It's okay to be white, cool. I would believe that the other 48% or close to it understand that that phrase is not some innocuous phrase yeah. that is actually asking the question about whether or not your existence as a Caucasian is okay. Yeah. That the phrase is pointed, mm-hmm. very deliberate, trolling and white supremacist language, right? Right, yeah. You know, like it, it, not every single word that indicates racism is nigger or coon or any of those things. Yeah, There are all kinds of phrases, symbols, slogans that have been purposed and repurposed that we understand mean different things than what it is that they are saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, This one right here, as defined by the ADL and other organizations, is a white supremacist talking point. And it's something that's been used to troll people, particularly on the left, right? So I think to assume that a percentage of Black people don't know that, you know that, I know that, I would, I would imagine that a lot of the listeners of higher learning, probably all the listeners of higher learning know that, to assume that they don't know that is not giving them enough credit in the first place. Right. Okay. We know what the fuck you're talking about. We know what shit means. That's what I'm saying second thing here um black people as a hate group black people's relationship to whiteness black people's proximity to whiteness black people's proximity proximity to all of these things and uh um that you know we've been dealing with over
2: hundreds of years in america decades in america whatever uh i i i'm consistently impressed by the cognitive dissonance that exists uh,
0: with white people. The willful, the willful ignorance that is, um,
2: that is on display whenever issues of race are brought up at all. Mm-hmm. The fact that anyone would ascribe hate to black people after everything that's gone on in America past and present Is hysterical. The question about whether or not Black people hate either Americans, excuse me, hate either America or white people, it's a joke. Sure. If anything, the Black American experience in this country is a shining example of a sometimes fruitless, but absolutely exhausting search for an American identity. Like, to be turned, to have hoses
0: turned on you so you could be an American. To have dogs bite you so you could be an American. To be arrested so that you can be an American. To put your life on the line just so that words written on a piece of paper actually apply to you. That's what Black people have had to to do. The hate has come from systems in this country that have been engineered purposefully to make sure that certain people get certain rewards and certain privileges. So if you wanted to wake up in a place where you,
2: if you woke up in a place where your food was killing you, where the police were killing you, where your environment was killing you, where everything that you uh,
0: put into your body and your mind seem to be just like inherently and historically pernicious. It would be very difficult not to hate that. But you know what? We don't.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mean that you hate white people.
0: You don't. You don't. Like the struggle for equality and equity in America from Black Americans is as old, if not older, than America itself slavery in this country, I say it all the time, predates America. The dehumanization of black people predates yeah. the constitution that wasn't written for all of that stuff. So, I'm just very interested in it. Another thing that he said about Don Lemon and black areas. Just this is just basic knowledge here. I don't know what Don said. I
3: don't
0: know. I don't care. Let's say that Don Lemon said that he moved from the black area that he was in to uh, uh, like a non-black area where, where there are white people. I'm going to phrase this differently and Don is my homeboy so I'm, I don't know what the fuck Don said but Scott's using Don so whatever. Um, I'm going to phrase this differently. Don Lemon probably moved because Don Lemon is from Baton Rouge, as am I. Mm-hmm. Don Lemon
2: moved from a poor area to a rich one. Mm-hmm. There are affluent Black neighborhoods all over this country. Yeah.
0: Those places have significantly less crime. There are poor white people living in enclaves all over this country. Those places have significantly more crime. If we're talking about where it's safe to live around people, it's safe to live around people that have full bellies, that have gas in their gas tanks, that don't need to kick your fucking door in. All of these things that are disguised by race, by racists, which I believe Scott Adams to definitely be one. (laughs) are things that are so easily understandable if you use 1% of your brain power to try to understand it.
1: That, the key word is exactly what you just said. It's understanding and it's having a desire to understand. That's why I said he used this poll as an excuse to further what he already felt, which is pure hate and racism towards Black people. He has no desire to understand why would Black people, only 53% say it's okay? Like, let's just say, what what have Black people been through? Why would Black, let, let's just say, let's just take it that the, it's the 4chan thing and the whole, that the, the campaign and all of that. 53% of people said it's okay. Let's just say that. Why not understand why Black people would say it's not okay? Why not un- want to understand the history? He says in this clip that he has spent his entire life basically trying to help black people. No, you haven't. You haven't provided any examples of that. And you won't even show that with a basic level of understanding of black people's place in this entire country. Mm-hmm. You are a racist. You use this poll to further your racist thoughts. And now you're trying to backtrack by saying you use this as an experiment. I have not heard this interview, mm-hmm. but I'm, but based off what you said, yeah, using this as an experiment to prove that people will cancel you, to prove how people will jump on things, to prove how the media will run with things, which clearly isn't true. Mm. The man's a racist, which is why I didn't have that much to say at the beginning. Love everything that you said, but the man is, is, is a racist.
0: So if, if Rasmussen did a poll and they said, how do you feel about the slogan you will not replace us?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no N-word in you will not replace us.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no... Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. there's no racial slur of any kind. There's no H word, no K word, no, none of that. The slogan, you will not replace us. They will not replace us. Whomever will not replace us. You will not replace us. Whatever comes and is uh, reinforced uh, by replacement theory, which we know has roots in white supremacy, white replacement theory with theory jargon. So if you do a Rasmussen poll and you talk to a bunch of people and they say, hey, I don't have a problem with that, blah, 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 blah. blah. You'd be talking to people who understand what it means, some of them,
2: and you'd be talking, talking to some to people who didn't understand what right. it means. Scott Adams, I'm all about having the conversation. You're still, come. Come, like, 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 come to the podcast. But um, if you do come to the podcast, just understand, for anyone that comes
0: to the podcast, understand that we see you.
1: <laughs> and, and, we will call you a racist when you. I come
2: mean, on I mean,
0: here. I mean. Well, look, I, I. It's not about. I don't want to call. It's for me. It's it's about what I believe, and
1: the reasons that I believe it. Yes, and, I'm going to say, say why, of course. Yeah. but still, Do would love to have come on and have a conversation. Why not? Fuck it especially if this if this was all just an experiment, come on, let's just talk about it. It's not even that big of a deal, right?
0: All right, so there's a photo of Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan that uh, people are talking about. It's a black and white photo. There's a lot of tenderness to it. Have you seen the photo?
1: I have.
0: Did it do anything for you? I loved it. I mean, sexually, sex.
1: I think they...
0: sec Absolutely.
1: And I say this, obviously I'm married but i think it's... well no cuz i'm about i'm about to talk about it was it was
0: damn Brian holding it down like that
1: I'm trying... <laughs> that's
0: what i feel no cuz uh, the first thing people someone. will say yeah. is
1: first thing people will say is Shout oh my god me. like that your, you're so disrespectful for your husband i think ah, this is right. i think I'm it's extremely I sexy it, that's that, you right. it right. right. that's what you should do it is, it is very attractive to me you like that shit i love it
0: you you fucking you all with that
1: i i am you want to
0: see butter
2: and chocolate and greased up you like pecs?
1: No, we've talked about this. What do
2: you like? You like shoulders?
1: Okay. Are we just talking physical? Forearm. Because I'm actually more attracted to intellect and ambition oh, and and like somebody being in touch with their emotions than I am with anything else. Mm-hmm. And you would know that by the type of people that you see me date because it's a wide spectrum.
3: Okay.
1: So I find this extremely attractive.
0: That's crazy when people say that and then like the people they be with be like, look like models and shit.
1: That's the person that you that, that you see me with now. Not the person that you see seen me with before.
0: Whatever. I fuck with you <laughs> and people are going to be mad about this it. joke. Um,
1: as if, also as if Brian can't be all those things. He is. It's like, as if he can't be those things. I didn't say and, he wasn't. And, and, Brian, my nigga. Physically attractive. But go ahead. Yeah. Which I find both Jonathan and Michael. Look good. You know,
2: I went on, I saw this picture. Shout out to Baller Alert.
0: Robin over at Baller Alert,
2: uh, CEO. Robin doing a thing. Doing her thing for real. A fucking mogul.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Shout out to Robin, Baller Alert man. Um, so I saw it on Baller Alert, and I was
0: like, "Oh, look at this! It looks like some Sydney Poitier type, old school type of shit." You know, brothers together um and i looked at the comments and when i looked at the comments
2: it was this is zesty uh it seems like they're coming out uh it seems like they are gay
3: and it It was hard
2: to like watch that. It was hard to watch that response. Good, it should have been. It was hard to watch the response because I'm um I'm uh, it's even difficult to talk about, man. It's like being a black man at times is this exercise. In trying to hide uh, any sense of what people would consider to be authentic, emotional shit, right? It's, 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 I watch them and I don't think anything about what's going on in the picture, but I think about
0: what could be going on. and. Sexual relationship between them is the last thing that could be happening. Right. The last thing I think about. I'll
2: tell you what I mean here. There are just times in my life where I need a specific type of love. Sure. And I'll be real with you. This is going to sound maybe all those things to some people. That love is the
0: love of a man. I get that. The love of a black man. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my father and I grew up talking to a man about my problems. Mm -hmm. And there was a very specific way in which my father uh, talked to me and related to me about those problems. Just as I would assume there was a very specific way that your father, the
2: judge, did that. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And there was sometimes when you were. I got my dick caught in my
0: zipper.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. I got my dick caught in my zipper. It's a true story. My balls. I've told this story before. It was caught in the zipper. Yeah, yeah. And I was embarrassed to talk to my mother about it. Sure. I was embarrassed to have the dick conversation with her. But I remember going to my father and talking to him about that. Like, look, and he's like, you know, he got his little jokes off, but he's, you know, helped me with the dick out of my zipper. And I'm feeling all, I'm I'm in painful. My dad put his arms around me. held me. Close. Talked about this on Instagram. I had a panic attack.
2: A really bad one. Where I had to be airlifted to the hospital. And I had this panic attack. I was with my boy, Ryan.
0: Driving to Bro Bridge. I've told this story before. And Ryan is a, a hard-ass nigga. He's a street nigga. This thing, whatever, whatever. Everybody knows what Ryan was doing around that time. Um, Great man, great father. But I remember turning around and seeing him cry. And I'm going through everything that I'm going through. And he is crying. And he just came over and he put his
2: arms around me. And I started to calm down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I needed the strength of a black man to help me. Like this is difficult to discuss because like they they've they've like taken so much from us mm-hmm. like we need each other mm-hmm. and like we need to feel
0: we need to be okay being who we are, we really need the power and the strength of our emotions. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Everybody suffers when black men cannot cry. Everyone suffers when black men can't cry. Everyone suffers when black men don't know how to tell each other, I love you. Everyone suffers when we can't hug, when it all gets built up inside. You know what ends up happening? You know what ended up happening to me? Like what ended up happening to me was like I'm in situations in school or I'm in situations around my face is lumped up right now. It's very sore right now because I was in a boxing ring with somebody and I was supposed to be learning, but I can't take a loss. I can't have somebody feel like I'm less than them. I can't have somebody feel like I'm less man than them. I got to win. You know what I mean? I can't be soft. I can't be any of this. It's so much fucking work, man. Is is
2: is so much fucking work. It's just, and all of this ain't got nothing to do with that motherfucking picture. It just got it has to do with the yes, fact it does that this indestructible Superman bullshit. Like black men just got to feel, man.
1: I think something important that you said is it's hard, like because you're not allowed. Uh, according to society, to express yourself in that way. And that's ridiculous. It's like, it, it shouldn't be hard for you to be able to talk about your feelings, to be vulnerable. But the expectation or the stereotype of what a Black man is supposed to be doesn't necessarily fit that, which is why people are going crazy over these photos which if it wasn't two Black men in these photos, those wouldn't be the comments. Nobody would be saying that. They would be talking about the closeness. They would be talking about the brotherhood. They would be talking about the friendship. And that's that's why I think what they're doing in this photo is so attractive and is so profound because one, they're challenging what the stereotype is for Black men. They're saying that we don't care. And I think it, it reiterates some of the themes that are in Creed Three, which these two are in this movie. You've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. And what the movie is doing is you see Adonis, Michael B. Jordan, be vulnerable in a way that you don't necessarily get to always see Black men do. He's this boxer. He's this fighter. He has this reputation. And you see him struggle with being vulnerable and finally let loose and break those walls down you see you even see that a little bit from from jonathan major's character as well but it hot to me and maybe because i've just been so deep in creed 3 world because i've had to do these interviews this is beautiful because it highlights this friendship this brotherhood this support system that they have with one another and then it again it it highlights some of the things in the film. So I, I don't know. I just feel like more, I hate that it's hard for you. I hope more men do, more black men do this. And I hope that you feel more comfortable to be able to be this way and to talk about it in this Man,
0: way. I've, look, this one, you know what Michael B. Jordan's Instagram picture is? This picture? No. The picture of him on his Instagram, at least the last time I
2: checked.
3: No, I don't know. It's him and...
2: And Chadwick Bozeman.
3: Hmm.
2: I'm telling you guys, and I'm really serious about this. This is coming from a six foot four, 290 pound black man. I'm not made of steel. Like, I don't even want to be. What I want to be is available.
0: I want to be available to the people in my life that need me. And being available doesn't just mean being available financially. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It doesn't mean being available physically. I want to be emotionally available to the people who need me. And if that means dressing up for tea time for a little daughter in the future, if that means I need to hug one of my motherfucking niggas, if that means I need to hug one of my niggas, and that means I need to hold his fucking hand, if that means I need to tell
2: him, no, dog, I love you, I'm just sick of not being able to be
3: human.
1: human. Yeah. You know
0: what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, y'all think it works, it don't. All of that stuff that's inside that you don't get to say, that you don't get to express comes out anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But when it comes out, it comes out in shouting and pain. It comes out in bonds that are based around tragedy or other things. It, the, the, the trauma, all of that, all of that stuff. And just
2: if there's ever a point where I really get disappointed in us, it's when we don't
0: take the time to acknowledge the vulnerability and the humanity inside of it,
2: each other. I just read all of that stuff like, but you want to feel bad about it? Those are two men. They love each other. Do you want to feel bad?
0: You want, you want, you want to feel bad about it? You want to feel bad that they, that they can show tenderness and affection to one another? You want to feel bad? What's bad about it?
1: I think it's people who, the people, and again, I'm sure more people are positive than negative but I think it's people who either don't know how to express that or experience that or are jealous because they can't and they don't know how they don't have that type of person in their life.
0: I think what people want sometimes is a whole generation of men walking around here, like emotional eunuchs,
1: not men, black men, it is particular to the black community. And I wish people could see how deep rooted this is. It's like, we're not, we're not, we're not human. I'm not black man, but Like, black men aren't supposed to be human. They're not supposed to feel. They're supposed to fit in a certain stereotype. That goes back to the plantation. That's a plantation mentality.
0: Man, I'm basically Rod Wave. I'm all emotions. I am. I'm just, I'm just, I like,
1: look. I think it's great you're in touch with your emotions. It's not
0: even about being in touch. It's like, I can't hold it back. Like, look, y'all, everybody, everybody knows it's been a rough three years, man.
3: Yes, I
0: know. You know what I mean? It's it's tough. I don't want to have to go through this with people telling me,
2: ain't no more being tough. Ain't no more being tough. Ain't no more being tough. That's it. Ain't no more being
0: tough. I done been tough. I provide for everyone. People can rely on me. I'm, uh, like, I, I'm, as, 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 I'm as strong. I'm a pillar. I'm a fucking stone. I ain't no more being tough. I'm me. Let these fucking men be themselves. Let, whatever.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Stupid. Just let me just say this. Why you can't don't. you be both? Why does it have to be either or? You can be tough and you can show emotion. You can be tough and you can be vulnerable. You can be both.
0: What I'm saying is when I say be tough, I mean, toughness stops being an aspect of your personality and it starts being the entire kitten and caboodle. Like you guys know, people know me. I can't take bullshit. I got to stand on my shit. I got to be where I'm at. And I don't always believe in um, dealing with problems in a non-confrontational, sometimes not even in a non-violent way. That's not my thing. But the reality is God gifted me with beautiful black men in my life. Beautiful black men. Yes, that's a blessing. Beautiful black men that I've known since I was a child. Some of which I've gotten to know recently. And I want them to know how much I love them. And if that means hugging them, if that means touching them if that means hey bro i love you that's what i want mhm so shout out to them just
2: i'm just you know sometimes we 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 stop ourselves from being free all right um vans very serious question of the week you ready for it
1: oh go ahead what yeah i'm ready
0: you know here's the thing about the segments that we do I feel
1: like we even had one in a while
0: here's the thing about the segments that we do
1: They're not good. We don't have good segments? (laughs) So would you like to not do a serious question? So I think we should do something. They're not good or they're not consistent? They're not consistent. (laughs) I think
0: that we should do something. I think that we should make a commitment to segments. Okay. 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 So
1: let's commit to the ones we already have.
0: So let's commit to segments. Okay. So what are the segments that we want to let's, let's re let's do a segment audit. Okay. Okay. Segments that we... Mailbag. You like it?
1: Mailbag. We okay. got mailbag. We got unexpected ally. We need to define what that is.
2: It's, you know, it's like... It's negative.
0: The whole thing you just did right there after... is negative. We need to define it's, what it, it is. What
1: you just did is ne- negative. I'm going to let you have that. I'm going to let you have it. It's it's what, I just Why you, is it negative?
0: Because it's negative because... It wasn't about throwing shots, Rachel. It's not
1: a shot. It, it, it's it, that it, last week. It wasn't about this negative. I'm going to let you be in your feelings right now. Because I'm, I'm in my feelings. <laughs> I know. So you, if I'm you feel it's you. negative, then I'll take that. I'll be- take that. Because when,
0: when I look at the higher learning thing behind you, do you know what I think about? I think about that red being a graham cracker crust. And I think about that white being a cheesecake. <laughs> and I think about the fact. I'm gonna buy you a cheesecake. I will be thinking, I'm gonna have one postmated to you. You owe me a cheesecake. You what, owe me lamb! I will get you the lamb. <laughs> why, why do you, seriously, why would you?
2: Donnie, jump in, right? That's real a quick. serious
1: question. Why? Well, hold I, on. Yes. That's the
2: best, you know, <laughs> the very, very serious question of the week is this. You go out to eat dinner with a friend. You get their leftovers. They get yours. They get yours. Don't you have to put their shit in the refrigerator so they
0: can get their shit back? Donnie, isn't Rachel wrong for the cheesecake situation?
2: No, that sounds like an even swap. You got some lamb. She got some cheesecake. She chose to do what she did with it. You chose to do what you did with the lamb. That sounds like y'all are square.
0: This nigga here. He
1: split the baby, and I appreciate that, Donnie. Donnie split the baby. This I'm going to take here. a picture of the cheesecake and this you tell me if this, If I'm going to send it, we'll put it up on the YouTube. Can it still be eaten? I'm... Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> <awesome? laughs> <Dairy. laughs> it's Why been sitting out for a day and a half. Is like, it's it's from is from is Saturday it, night. It's cheese. Are you crazy? We keep a cool house. We keep a cool what? house. What? Like, what? Are you, are you, you out you of your fucking need? mind? Rachel, serious question. Can you still eat... Would you eat it? If I brought it to you tonight, would you eat it? Fuck no. i might <laughs> eat Are you crazy? Donnie. Yes, bruh. I am. Donnie,
0: let me tell you something right now. <laughs> bro. You played yourself to such a degree. No, you
1: didn't, Donnie. With what you, with what you just did. I bro. did Split the baby. Like, I gave you, an honest answer. It sounds like y'all are square. Y'all are even. Like, you and you preserved my food and still chose to eat it. You could have brought that to me. You preserved mine and then said, you know what, though? I'm going to go ahead and eat that. So, how selfish is that? You refrigerated my food, ate my food, and then it's still expected to get your cheesecake back.
0: So, let me tell you okay, can I have my chance? <laughs> yes. This is the last thing I'll say about it.
2: Okay, so this is my thing. This is the deal. So, I refrigerated it. You spoke to Kalika. I thought it was all
0: square. Assumed. I did assume. But I also assumed. That my cheesecake was in.
1: Or that I ate it. Would you feel better if I ate the cheesecake?
0: Absolutely. You just fucking wasted the food.
1: Why? Why wouldn't you take the food? I don't eat cheesecake. cheesecake. I don't eat cheesecake. put it in the refrigerator. I don't eat cheesecake. I'm sorry. But but you don't just. I forgot we were doing this in person on Monday. It's just like so you even, was, so just wait real quick. Before you weren't gonna drive. To, you weren't gonna drive to the valley to get the cheesecake. You out your motherfucking <laughs> mind.
0: You ain't never had the cheesecake from uh from Bruce, from Bruce Chris. Chris. So let me so
2: you get leftovers from at your house. Bring you bring it home. You and Brian just sit the food on the fucking counter.
1: Every night, you don't do that every time all the time. You don't put food in the you don't put y'all got roaches and rats.
0: We, okay, like, like you've you, been you've you, been in you, the like, house. Like, you, no don't put, rats. you don't put food
2: in the refrigerators,
1: we do saying? put food in the refrigerator. I think we just fell asleep. Yes, we tried to watch snowfall and we fell asleep. And then he woke when he woke up in the morning, he was like, Oh, we didn't put the food in. And that's when he looked, and he was like, Oh, we got the wrong food. And I said, Oh, Kalika did text me last night that we had switched. I think I, I stopped know caring. What happened I stopped caring once I got the text message last night when I knew it wasn't my lamb, I didn't care anymore. I
0: know what happened. What? What no snowfall. We did watch snowfall. Nah. Nah. Y'all was all looking good. Y'all had some Stop drinks that. in you. Y'all was on the couch. They wish Brian y'all, wishes And, y'all, and that. y'all, y'all, what y'all did? Y'all sex the nigga's cheesecake away. Well, cheesecake, y'all over there going nuts. Cheesecake melting on the motherfucking. This is nuts. Okay, you no, know, we out. But I do
1: want to say this. Van, you had a very good point. I think on the Reddit or on our higher landing social. We should, y'all should compile because I know that there are other segments that we've done like one time and you guys will remember better than we did. And we should compile the segments and we should pick a couple and we should commit to them. I actually think that's a really good idea because people get mad when we don't bring stuff back. We've got mailbag. We've got Unexpected Ally, which is only for non-blacks, I would like to reiterate. not right. And we have Vans' very serious question. We have peak White Mess. We have, there are different things that we have that we have not committed to. We have Rachel's apology rating. There's certain things like that. All right. Put something together and we'll we'll vote on it. Nah, and we'll I can't, bring it back. I'm to be real
0: with you, man. I can't I We're can't good. let the Reddit have it. We got we can't we can't be on the Reddit. That's
1: a good place to compile. It's it.
0: not, bro. Right. Okay,
1: well then email Donnie. It's, 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 do e- it on e- e- email Donnie.
0: Sh- keep it off. Don't do it on the keep it off the Reddit, man. The Reddit is not They'll
1: on release Reddit. remember the segments.
0: Nah, the Reddit won't right. be that. Fuck them. <laughs> nah, <it's laughs> not on the Reddit. We can't do it on the Reddit. All right. Um Take Think Caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Latham Jr.
1: And I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys.
6: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good.